And we're live. How's it going, guys? It's me, Brandon Matula. Matula. And I'm Thomas Hicks. And guys, you know what day it is. It's Fridays. That's right. We are doing it on Fridays now, uh, which means it is our sports day. Uh, So without further ado, you know, I I did a lot of talking on Wednesday. So you're going to hear Brandon talk a lot now. So let's just give him the mic, give him the floor. Um, and let's see what we got going on in the sports world. Brandon, please. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I'm just going to give you all a little rundown of what we'll be doing today. I know it's been a while since we've had a sports episode, so let me just remind you all what the rundown is. Uh, we're going to have two big discussions. We're going to talk about four big college football games this weekend. As you all know, it's college. It's the conference championships for each conference and there's four games that I'm really going to highlight and break down for y'all talk about guys that y'all should watch. It's going to be great. And then from there, we're going to talk about who's the best NBA player right now, because as much as I love my guy, LeBron, he's just not it this year. Like he has been been playing as much. He's been injured and he hasn't even been contributing as a number one player, even in the games that he's played. So clearly there's a new best player right now. So, It's definitely up for discussion. We're going to talk about it. Very exciting stuff. And then we're just going to give a little bit of thoughts on college basketball because there's been a few exciting things that we wanted to touch on. And then we're going to do our five-game challenge, as we tell it, as we do it here on Hot This Week. And I'm going to announce them, and I'm going to announce the keyword for uh, that contest so y'all can participate in it. But we're excited to get – underway as always thank you guys for listening you guys are great y'all make this such a blast and we can't do couldn't do it without y'all but let's go ahead and get into it so it's been two weeks since we've had a sports episode and even a longer time since we've really dove into college football so let's so first i'm going to start out and just tell y'all the games that I have picked today and how like how we got here with each one. So we got the first one, probably one of my personal faves, biasly. The number 21 Houston Cougars versus the number four Cincinnati Bearcats in the American Athletic Championship. It's it's gonna be nutty. I, I'm excited to get into that one. And then from there we got Alabama against Georgia. It's going to be fun. SEC championship action. One versus three. That's going to have a lot of implications. And Big 12 championship. I will personally be attending this game. I'll get some – I'll post some stuff on our Instagram just to show you all around and, uh, like, just the atmosphere because it's going to be the first time since OU – since neither OU nor Texas made made it to the Big 12 championship. So that – that is interesting right there. I'm very excited. And from there, I'll talk about the last game, and that's between the number two Michigan Wolverines and the number 13 Iowa Hawkeyes. So let's go ahead and start at the beginning. And as I go through these, Tommy, I definitely want to hear your uh, definitely want to hear your takes mm-hmm. on all these t- all these teams. If you have some, and if you don't, it's all good. But uh, let's go ahead and get underway. So let's start with the American Athletic Championship. And by the way, there's more, as most of y'all will know, there's more than four conference championships going on this weekend. But I'm picking these four because they have playoff implications. Because at the end of the day, I know a lot of y'all aren't big football fanatics like me who will watch every bowl game. But you guys want to know who's going to be in the big games. And this, these games right here are going to be a big teller. So let's go ahead and get into it. The American Athletic Championship between number 21 Houston and the number four Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's talk about the visiting team. Start out, Tommy, a team that you got to watch earlier this year. Uh, they fought against Navy. It was a pretty great game. And yep. since then, they've been unstoppable. They lost their first game against Texas Tech, and I talked about how bad that was, how upset I was with U of H and everything. 
But ever since, they have put together 11 straight wins, and they haven't done that since 2015. So a lot of things are going right over there. And the biggest piece that's been helping them get to where they are right now, ranked 21 in the college football playoff rankings, has been their defense. First of all, they've been pretty stout. Their defensive coordinator has just been a catalyst for this football team. And it's usually the offense, offensive end that, of Houston that really gets things done and gets a number next to their name, as they say it in college football. But the big name to watch this weekend and the guy that's been lifting this Cougar team up on his shoulders is Marcus Jones. Tommy, you saw this dude play against Navy. It's the guy that got that punt return. Mm-hmm. to really get things sparked up. Um, well, um, when you watch that game, like I, I don't know if you paid too much attention to him, but like, wouldn't you say that he really amped things up in that game? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. He's He's got an ability to uh, – I think the, I think the, fra- the catchphrase is like think on your feet. Yeah. You think yeah. on your feet, just being quick and just knowing what to do. Uh, and making game time decisions, in, you know, in the blink of an eye, right? In right, just a split right. second, he can go this way, that way, make a decision, and be confident in his decision. I think that's the most important part too. As a as a football player, you got to be confident in your decision. So, yeah, he's he's a great example of that. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see what he does, and he's definitely been uh, the forefront of the Houston Cougars' success. So, as a fan, I'm excited, and I hope. He does well going forward. But let's talk about the team of the hour, the Cincinnati Bearcats. We talked about them early in season two, I believe. We talked about how the Notre Dame game was going to really be a teller if the Bearcats can get into the playoff or not. And it's been about two months now, and they beat them. Mm -hmm. And – Here we are. They're the number four team in the country. All they have to do is beat Houston, and they're pretty much in the playoff. There's there's not really a scenario where they can get out if they do win. So destiny is in their hands, and that's really weird to hear because they are a group of five team, and as I've harped on this show, that's not a very common phenomenon to have a group of five team in the college football playoff. So I'm mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, I'm obviously rooting for Houston, but if Cincinnati wins, I'm going to be very happy for uh, the American Athletic and the group of five because it's going to prove that it can be done. Yeah. A group of five team can make it to the playoff. But how did they get here? Let's talk about it. So ever since then, against Notre Dame, they've strung wins together and let me tell you, it hasn't looked pretty at times. Like, they had a very close game against Tulsa. Had They had to do a goal line stand to stop them. And it was really impressive, but that's Tulsa. That shouldn't have been a close game. And besides that, they've just kept, it, kept winning as they've gone through their schedule, which is pretty weak compared to the other teams who, who are in the top four and who were in the top four. But they just kept winning, and as other teams fell out of the top four, they slipped in. And that's mm-hmm. just what they did. They just slipped in every week, it seemed like, and they finally got there. They started at number six in the initial rankings, and they moved up to four to where they are now. They could possibly move up again if Alabama loses. We'll talk about them in a minute. But if you're a Bearcat fan, you got to root, root hard this weekend and. Uh, it's going to be a big game, and a big name that's going to be called a lot in this game is Desmond Ritter. Uh, I called him a Heisman Trophy candidate earlier in the year, and he's not necessarily getting that buzz. He just hasn't been performing like a Heisman Trophy winner, but he's been an incredible leader for this Cincinnati Bearcat team. Um if they want to be successful this weekend, this guy needs to be on and he needs to keep turnovers at a minimum. So it's going to be very exciting to see. Uh, Tommy, like talking about this game, uh, how are you feeling uh, about Houston? Because like, I, th- I feel you could speak to that a little bit. You've watched him a bit this year. 
Uh, how mm-hmm. how do you feel about the improvement from them? Um, yeah, they've only su- surprised me this season uh, because you know they're not they're known for their basketball. Um, but they really prove themselves as a football team. I think they go out there and they have fun because correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm still, you know, uh, I'm just like any average listener listening to our show, as far as college football knowledge goes. Um, it sounds like the, what's on the line here for Cincinnati is huge. Cause if Cincinnati wins, they make it to the playoffs, but if Houston wins, they don't make it anywhere, but they knock Cincinnati off. Is that correct? Yes, pretty much. They go. Houston would probably go to New Year's Six Bowl, which is big, but it is nowhere near as big as a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. pretty much everything that you just said was correct. But you just got to add that Houston, if Houston wins, they get a New Year's Six bid. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, that being said, you know, all eyes are on Cincinnati. Or can they make it to the playoffs, or can they not? And with a team like Houston. Hmm, they might be feeling good, you know, yeah. they might be okay. Okay. Houston's on a football school. They've had a good year yeah. competition for them. So let's give them a run for their money. I, I feel like that's, that would be my attitude at least if I was a Cincinnati football player, but if, yeah. but let's talk about the other side of the spectrum. If you're a Houston football player, Hey, screw these guys, man. Like screw these guys. We're going to freaking knock them out of their playoff chances and show the world that, don't mess with Houston football. Like we're yes, we've had some extremely questionable seasons, but that was in the past. Now we're in the present and we're we're here here to establish ourselves. So who do I take? I guess we'll get to that in a bit, but as far as like my thoughts on, you know, Cincinnati and and Houston, um, you know, implications for both, but the bigger implications obviously fall on Cincinnati. Absolutely. And uh, as I said, like, I'm going to be rooting for Houston, but if Cincinnati wins, man, I'm going to be rooting for them the whole way. You Mm -hmm. heard it here first, but let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Break this down. Number three, Alabama and number one, Georgia. Let's start with Alabama. Um, They have had a good year. They are 11 and one. They have played well. Uh, The first year starter, Bryce Young, has had an excellent season has put up great stats through pretty much all of his games. And, yeah, he's just had a good year. And I'm excited to watch him in this SEC championship. But the reason why Alabama's at number three is because they lost earlier this year to Texas A&M. And it didn't look like it at first, but what it looks like now is that that game was a fluke because A&M is number, is number 25 right now. And they're eight and four. So it's looking like that was a fluke on Alabama's part. And I mean, I can't really tell you what exactly happened. I mean, AM just played well at the end. I mean, Alabama had a slow first half. Don't get me wrong, but AM really finished that game out well. And that's just what happens in college football, especially on night games. So Alabama from there has hasn't been beaten since. Hasn't been, I mean, they've had some close calls against LSU and other opponents, especially Auburn last week. That was a doozy. That was a crazy game. But uh, they look to get into the playoff here. And what's at stake for them? It's pretty big. If they lose this weekend, I don't think they get into the playoff. Like that, that it's just simple as that. If they lose and then Oklahoma State wins, a team that we'll talk about later then I'm sorry, you're not getting in. Oklahoma State's going to get in. They're only a one-loss team, while you're going to be a two-loss team. So that's what's at stake for Alabama. But let's talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. As far as I'm concerned, Georgia is in the playoff. It doesn't matter what happens this weekend. They can lose 30-0 to to Alabama, and they will still get into the playoff. Like, there's, there's no way they don't. But what the matter is, it's a matter of where they're placed. So if they win, they're obviously at number one at 14 and no, or no, at 13 and no, they will finish their first undefeated regular and postseason and enter the playoff undefeated. I think that'll be the first time they've ever done that. So that's very exciting in itself. And besides that, uh, 
if they do lose, I mean, they'd fall back one or two spots because at the end of the day, you're losing to the number one, number three team in the country. So that is not a bad loss, even if it's by 10 or 1 points. Um, yeah, just some guys to watch for both of these teams. Bryce Young, as I mentioned, he needs to have a big game. He needs to play the way he did in the fourth quarter and overtime against Auburn. He needs to just be clutch, and he needs to just do everything he can to push this off Alabama offense to go against what my uh, team, if you will, to watch is the defensive team for Georgia. They're going to be crazy. Let me give you some stats, Tommy, because I know you're a stats guy. So Georgia, a team that plays in the SEC, who plays with really good schools. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> let's let's talk about them real fast. They have they have the fewest points allowed on defense, the fewest yards allowed, and what was most impressive to me was they have only allowed seven touchdowns all year. Shoot. Seven. That's seven touchdowns. That's really good. Oh my like goodness. that is, whew, that is crazy because, I mean, there's been times where Alabama has had seasons like this where their defense was unstoppable, but they, even then, like when they would, like at the end of games, they would just let their subs go out and they would give out two or more, one or two extra touchdowns than their starters would give out. But this doesn't happen with Georgia. It's a pretty crazy phenomenon, and it's going to be. Very competitive because mm-hmm. Alabama is fighting for a spot in the playoff because they know if they lose, they are not going to get in. Uh, Tommy, do you have any comments or just uh, insight on either of these teams? Have you gotten to watch them at all this year? Uh, I don't. <clears throat> I think we. I think whenever I took this Saturday off and I went up to Dallas to come see you, I believe we watched a pretty good chunk of that Georgia game. Can't remember who they yeah, played. Yeah. I, are Kentucky. they undefeated? Kentucky? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Kentucky like put up some good numbers on them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're pretty neck and neck. Maybe I'm re- uh, remembering wrong. Besides, uh, both these teams are – so it's Georgia and Alabama. You know, both of these teams are definitely more than established football programs. Um, and it's going to be exciting. As far as, you know – like I don't have any more thoughts. I know I did with my U of H Cincinnati pick, but with this, I just want to have a good game. Uh, I just want to enjoy a good game of football and know that you know these kids are passionate, so they're going to give it their all. Especially if you go to Georgia or Alabama. Um, who do I take? I guess we'll get to that, and I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I'll still have to. It'll just be a last minute decision, or not a lot of last minute decision, but kind of like Point a last because it's going to be close. Yeah, it's going to be close, but. Just want some good football. Just want some good football. Absolutely. I really do feel we're going to get that. And I also think we're going to get it from this next game between the number nine Baylor Bears and the number five Oklahoma State Cowboys. So to start out, um, let's talk about the Bears. Let's talk about where, like how they got here. So to start out the season, I think they went 6-0. and so they had a very strong start to their season. So good for them. And then down the stretch, they lost to Oklahoma State, who they are playing in this game, lost by 10. And then from there, had a pretty good stretch of games where they got ranked. And then they got ranked in the initial playoff rankings. And, yeah, and from there, they had an upset loss to TCU on the road which really, which people really thought, wow, like Baylor's done for the year. Like they, that's a loss that they shouldn't have had. That's just ridiculous that they lost that game. So they're done for the year. And they revive themselves by beating Oklahoma at home. And along with Oklahoma losing a few weeks later at Oklahoma State, that would put Baylor into the Big 12 championship. So they have a chance here to really make a name for themselves and uh, just keep on rolling because they have been a good football team as of late, even though they lost a few weeks ago to TCU. 
But uh, let's talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Tommy, I want to give you kudos, man. <laughs> I didn't th- – I when you said this, like I was like, okay, it could happen. That's not a bad guess. But in my mind, I was like, okay, it's probably not going to happen. But, dude, you called it. You called Oklahoma State being a big threat this year. I think that's the word you used. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just so – my reasoning behind that was I uh, I work, I had an internet sales job, so I was at home a lot. And on Saturdays, they, it, Saturdays were really slow, uh, so I would move my computer a couple feet to the right and just turn on the TV and just sit, <laughs> in, my, <laughs> sit in my desk and watch college football because I couldn't change the channel. Um, and I was always, for some reason, I just got lucky. It was always the Oklahoma State game. And every time I watched them, I'm like, dude, these guys are good. Like, I don't, I know I'm not watching a whole lot. I mean, I watched a few other games, but Oklahoma State's, they're just very mature, you know. And, and now we are the ages of those that are out in the field playing. Um, so we understand, you know, it's, it's hard to be mature when you're on the court, on the field, and you make a big play. But they're pretty mature. You know, they do a good job of just keeping their cool. And that aside, they're good at football. <laughs> like that's yeah. the most important part. Like they they know how to play football, and they know that they're second fiddle to Oklahoma, and they're tired of it. Yep. Um, and I think last year was just kind of the the awakening, the rumble, and now we're feeling the full effects of that earthquake. And yeah, dude, Oklahoma State. Like I hope this isn't a fluke, but that was my reasoning for anyone that's listening. And I thank you, Brandon. Like I. I try to make bold predictions because I f- it's fun to make bold predictions, but like that was one that I, uh, I I'm I'm proud of. <laughs> it, it yeah, was, I'm happy. It was a good call because a lot of people had Oklahoma as a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. So good as you there, but yeah, they've had a great year, and yeah, just getting into um, what's at stake here for the Cowboys. If they win and Alabama loses, they are in the playoff. Absolutely, positively. You're a conference champion. You only have one loss. You've played great football the past three weeks. You deserve to be in. So that's what's going to happen to Oklahoma State if they win this game and and if certain circumstances happen outside of their football game. But let's talk about some guys to watch. Uh, let's talk about Oklahoma State first. Spencer Sanders, number three, quarterback. When you look at this guy's stat sheet, you're not going to see much. You're not going to see like 4,000 yards or uh, multiple touchdown games. You're not going to see that from this guy. He's only got about 2,500 yards passing, which is not very high through 12 games. But let me tell you, you definitely see this guy's effectiveness when he plays, if that makes sense. Like, the plays that he makes and just the difference that he makes when he's on the field, he's just that got that kind of effect. He's kind of got a, if I can compare it, kind of like a Chris Paul effect on the field, if that makes sense to my basketball fans out there. Chris Paul, like this season, he's averaging about 16 points a game while he's also averaging eight assists, I believe. And Mm -hmm. it's just playing great. That is great numbers. He may not be scoring a lot. He may not have the flashiest numbers, but we all know, like especially those who watch, we know that Chris Paul is going to have an effect on the game even if he's just standing there because he's such a threat. And I think that's exactly what Spencer Sanders is for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Do you you think that's a fair comparison, Tommy? Uh, Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a good comparison. Absolutely. And then uh, for Baylor, I got to go with Eric Bohannon. He was injured last week. Very unfortunate that he couldn't play. But uh, they ended up toughing it out against Texas Tech. So thank goodness for that if you're uh, Baylor. But Eric Bohannon, uh, he's a dual threat kind of guy. He loves to run the football. He can throw it pretty well, but he's really known for his – passing or for his running so um very exciting stuff there and then our final game that we're going to dive into today i know there's other conference championships out there but 
these are the four games that are going to have playoff implications. So that is why we are focusing on them once again. Let's talk about these Michigan Wolverines and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's start out with the Hawkeyes. They started out the season very, very hot. Like, you probably heard me on my other show or on this podcast that they had a hot start. They beat number 17 Iowa to start out the year 34 to 6. And then they went to Iowa State, number nine in the country, and beat them 27 to 17. They looked really good. And then a few weeks after, they beat number four Penn State at home. They became the number two team in the country. And then they had a terrible two-game stretch where they got zipped by Purdue and Wisconsin. And I couldn't really tell you what happened there. Um, In my eyes, I think it's probably the offense. The offense just probably had a hard time really uh, just utilizing their offense because that's something they've had trouble with all year. They're just not a great offensive team where they're really good is defense and get ready for a low-scoring game because that's exactly what Michigan does because Michigan has had a great year defensively, and it is the reason why they are in this game. Um, For college football fans out there, y'all know how weird this is to see Michigan in a conference championship. They've kind of been, if I could compare it for our Texan listeners, which is most of us, They're like the Texas of the North. They get all the hype. They get all the nice sponsorships. They get the big viewership, but they never get into the playoff or get close to a championship. That's Michigan for you. And this year, they are well in position to get into the playoff. All they have to do in this game is just win. And it all starts with, uh, just a great season behind them. They have just played great. They started out really strong, winning their games by pretty big margins. They had some close ones here and there, but they finished it out, which is not typical of a Michigan team. They usually slip up along the way, but in which they did. They lost by four to Michigan State on the road, which was a tough loss for them. But They would then go to beat Ohio State, who was red hot at the time, by 15, which I was shocked by. And it's all due to their defense. They have just played incredible defense. And Jim Harbaugh, the coach, he's the former coach of the San Francisco 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl. He has a chance to make history for the Michigan Wolverines, to win a Big Ten championship for the first time in a while. But uh, let's talk about some big players in this game, these games. I'll talk about Michigan first. Hassan Haskins had a big, big game against Ohio State. I think he had five touchdowns and 169 yards in 28 carries. That is unreal stats. Like, he played incredible and I was very surprised he was definitely the catalyst of winning that game he was just unstoppable on the ground and I'm very excited to watch him in this matchup and for Iowa man I couldn't really tell you who's really dynamic on their offense because there isn't many they have a very pro style type of offense where they just have a solid running back in Tyler Goodson and a okay quarterback who's only got 1,500 yards in Spencer Petrus. But let's talk about what their best their best set and it's on their defense. Their secondary is incredible. I think they led the country in interceptions this year. So if they want to win this football game, they need to win it on the defensive side and probably score defensively but Michigan definitely is the upper hand offensively they just gotta utilize their plays and just not screw up they can't have turnovers but that wraps up our four games went good while there but we're very I'm very excited for these games 
It's going to be absolutely spectacular. Um, be looking for these games on the polls for our Instagram. Uh, Tommy, as we close this, uh, out of all the games that I just pitched to you, which one are you? Or, like, if you're not busy, of course, because uh, mm. I know you're busy on the weekends. Which game out of all these intrigues you the most? Oh, that's a hard question. It's definitely a tie. I'm going to say it's a tie uh, between U of H, for sure, U of H and Cincinnati because it's, you know, close to home. And uh, it, there's a lot of implications for that one as far as Cincinnati goes. But, hey, same thing with Georgia and Alabama, which are two just, like, hard teams, man. Like, when you think of college football, the first two two teams you think of, are probably Georgia and you, I mean, for sure you might be a tie between like Georgia, Ohio state and Oklahoma, but the fact that Georgia is even in that conversation has just should just go to show how big that game is going to be. Uh, so yeah, it's a tie between Georgia, Alabama, really excited for that one. And then a tie between, uh, yeah, U of H and Cincinnati. Those are the two I'm going to watch. Well, cool. Yeah. That's going to be great. Um, great. Good pick. Good pick. Gotta love the Cougs. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm going to the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. I'm excited for that. But at the same time, I'm pretty darn excited for uh, Alabama versus Georgia because, I mean, we get to see Alabama possibly get beat down for the first time in a while. So I'm good with that. So let's roll with that. I'm excited. So let's just hope for a blowout in favor of the Bulldogs. That would be a spectacle. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our next topic. It's, uh, we, as we said in our NBA preseason show, like we made predictions about our uh, players who are going to be the best by Christmas. And we're getting really close to Christmas, and I couldn't wait. I just wanted to get this conversation out. I want to talk about guys who are really the best in the NBA right now. And, uh, Tommy, I don't know if you have yours ready for in front of you, but I do. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, up to you, man. You're sure I can go first if you'd like. I can go. I can yeah, go second. I, I, I'm really curious to hear yours. Like, I yeah. want to hear yours. So who do you think is the best right now in the NBA? Because mm-hmm. just to fill it in a little bit, past seasons, it's been LeBron because LeBron – Won a championship for LA in 2020. We can have all our comments about like if that championship was legit or not. But at the end of the day, he was the best player in the in the NBA mm-hmm. at the end of that season. Mm-hmm. And then it it was kind of weird with COVID because a lot of players got injured. Like you saw guys like Steph Curry, Jamal Murray, Chris Paul got injured in the playoffs for a while. Giannis had a scary injury in the conference finals. Like it. Like, there's a lot of injuries. So, it was a really clear he was the best last season. So, and KD looked really good, but he couldn't really do anything without his teammates because James Harden and Kyrie got hurt. So, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting stuff there. But now I feel like we have a clear picture, and I kind of want to paint that with you, Tommy. So, what are you painting on your canvas? Who's the best player, in your opinion, right now? So I'll, I'll work my way up. Number two, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball um, because I know that this may not – he may not be brought up. Um, but number two, I'm going – like okay. I have been such a big fan of this guy for so long now, and his efficiency is just off the chain. Um, so he plays 32 minutes, and what he'll give you is 25 points uh, out of 10 field goals, field goals made. Um, which is really good. Two offensive rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds, so 13 total rebounds, uh, six assists, six to seven assists, a steal, a block, um, a few turnovers here and there, but I can afford that if you're putting up the rest of those numbers. Now, those aren't the craziest numbers you've ever seen in the history of the NBA, but the thing is he's just been doing this for so long. He's been so consistent. Um, I love Nikola Jokic, so I think he's second just because wherever he is at, right? Nuggets, Rockets, Spurs, whatever team you put him on, he's going to give you that efficiency because he's just that kind of guy. And I think we only see that once in a blue moon as yep. far as players go. Um, so it's a bit of a curveball. I just wanted to shout him out at number two. 
But at number one, I have him number one. You might, you might not. I think this is I'm I'm curious to see if this is an obvious pick, but Steph Curry. Like I love Steph Curry. I've loved him, you know, when we were growing up, it was kind of Kobe and LeBron. Uh it was towards the end of that era, but and then it really became when we were in our like prime basketball years as as far as youth being in uh being a youth goes, it was Curry versus LeBron. And I went Curry. I liked Curry more. I relate to him a bit more than LeBron. Um, and that, I mean, that's not super important, but the point is I've been liking him for a long time and he's never really had a bad season, but it's crazy how when 2015, 2016, we thought that was prime Steph and the best we'll ever see Steph Curry play. But this season just might have those seasons beat. He is going mad this season. Uh, 34 point or sorry, uh, 27 points a game, which is freaking crazy. Uh, you'll get at least five threes from him. You'll get five rebounds. You'll get six assists, a steal, potentially a block. I think, I just think that's crazy. And all you can see, you know, on sports center and ESPN is Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. And rightfully so like he's doing this not by himself. Right. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have another superstar on his team. He doesn't. And that's really impressive. And he's overcome he's overcome he's overcome that because you know, you lost KD, you lose Clay. Um, like you're probably a little worried, you're a little discouraged. Okay, I, I lost my two best like I lost one to a trade, one to an injury. I'm feeling a little discouraged right now. I I'm not really quite sure. Like I have to lead this team by myself. And he struggled at the beginning to be a leader, but now he is obviously uh succeeding. So two, I want I, number two is more of a shout out. Could be legitimate number two uh, with Nikola Jokic. Obviously, Kevin Durant's like killing the league, but uh, Steph Curry is undoubtedly the number one in my eyes. Awesome, awesome. Okay, yeah, you kind of threw me off with Nik- Nikola Jokic, but yeah, that's definitely a respectable pick. I mean, he's so versatile at his uh, big spot, but uh, but I'm gonna talk about mine. And my honorable mention, if you will, is definitely Steph Curry. I mean, he has had an incredible season. And at the end of the day, I think he will be the one to raise the MVP trophy because he, uh, compared to the guy that I'm going to say who's number one, uh, Curry's just got that spunk to him. He's got that swagger. And that's the kind of thing you need as an MVP candidate. I know we saw a little bit of different this past year with Nikola Jokic, but I mean, our choices were a little limited because LeBron was hurt when he was very well on his way to get an MVP trophy. And then Embiid, if you don't think LeBron was first, then it was definitely Embiid. Embiid was hurt for a while. And then we just went with pretty much the third best last season. So uh, that that's something you have to remember, but, Steph uh, is going to be your guy. He's the probably going to win MVP. But right now, the best player in the world, come on, Kevin Durant, man. He, like, I really wanted to go with Giannis at the start of this year because, I mean, he dropped 50 points and a 50-point triple-double in the NBA Finals. I mean, come on. You can't, you can't, like, not do that. Like, that was his first... NBA Finals appearance, and then, but it took LeBron, somebody I love, took him what, like eight or nine tries to get fifty points in a game, because you remember he did that in 2018. So, mm-hmm. Giannis did that on his first try. But I went with KD because he has really lifted this Nets team when really they have been a letdown this year. They truly have. Kyrie's not playing. James Harden has fallen off. A lot like that is an, the biggest, most underrated um, factor this season is how much James Harden has dropped off. Like, my goodness, he is just atrocious this season. 21 points per game. You can come on, you're James Harden. You got to be having at least 25. <laughs> like, you're that. I mean, that's you. That's you're a scorer. But Kevin Durant, man, he's picking up the slack at 29 points per game. Almost eight rebounds and then six assists. KD is at an all-time high, and 
I mean, he is making sports history, y'all. And I'll tell you why. I have never seen, in my years of watching basketball or football, I have never seen a player recover so well from an Achilles injury, especially at Kevin Durant's age. He's about 33, 34 now. I think that's his age. And, guys, he looks like his old self, if not better. And he is just taking the lead by storm this year, and he has his nets at the number one spot in the East. And he is the reason they're there. It's not because of a team being carried around him. Like, it's not James Harden carrying the load. It's not Kyrie. Kyrie's not even there. And KD has the nets at first. So imagine if KD had Kyrie and a fully functional James Harden. That team would be unstoppable. But right now, it looks unstoppable because Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is playing the best basketball in the country. But, uh, yeah, um, I want to hear your thoughts, though, Tommy. Like, you put Steph first. I want to hear your rebuttal. Why, why do you feel Steph is better than KD? Um, it's tough. I want to say the pieces around him, which is obviously not entirely true. Um. But I just do think that Steph is – they're around the same age, you know, so I'm not going to say it's age. But, man, dude, they're just – they're good. Like, they're both really good. You can't go wrong with KD or Steph. Um, So I couldn't – I mean, I don't know why I'm taking Steph over KD. Uh, I just feel like that he's the best player in the NBA compared to KD. Um, so, yeah, that's just my view. But. Yeah, I, ju- I just think it's the versatility of KD. I mean, it still baffle me, baffles me that he's seven foot and he's doing all this crazy stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing to me. But, yeah, I mean, both. I think we could confidently say these guys are the top two best right now. Yeah. And, whew, like, I know I want my LeBron in the finals, but it's not looking great so far. Things may change. But right now, man, I wouldn't say no to a Warriors versus Nets NBA Finals. That would be entertaining. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, especially if they get Kyrie back. That'll be fun. Kyrie versus Steph, bro. Oh, my gosh. Those were fun days. And Clay will be back. So Kyrie's nightmare is going to be coming back. (laughs) That's what really – like that was, in my opinion – getting off topic a little bit, but that was the secret success of the uh, 2017 NBA finals. Like Clay really shut down Kyrie and he's getting ready to come back with his splash brother slash Tommy's best player in the world right now, Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. So going to be a very interesting next few weeks as we head into Christmas season in the NBA when things start to heat up around there so thank you Tommy for your uh, pick and thank you for the discussion and that about does it for our big discussions of the day I just wanted to get a little small talk in about college basketball has anything really caught your your eye this year in the college basketball department Uh, nothing has caught my eye currently I think it's a little too early to make any super confident predictions but uh i've enjoyed watching it i can tell you that much yeah absolutely yeah it was fun the other day seeing dayton hit that three you barely missed that shot against kansas yeah Yeah, that was awesome yeah that was crazy yeah i mean there's been a lot of upsets i mean i'm getting a lot of 2019 2020 vibes that season where there was not there's really not a clear number one team which make th- makes things really fun. Like, it makes it interesting. So, I'm excited to see where the season goes from here. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and get into our uh, games of the week. I'm going to pick three college football games, one NBA game, because primetime is creeping up, and then one NFL. Um, We'll be sure to get y'all more NFL content next week. Uh, We might have Christian come on 
our show. We got we know that you guys love Christian, so we'll definitely include him soon, if not next week. Um, so let's go. Let's talk about these three predictions. I'm just going to name them off. I kind of broke down the college football ones, but I'll do it again just to give you all a better idea. And Tommy uh, is going to tell you if you should take the line or not, if you're into that kind of thing. So let's start out with the Big 12 championship. Number nine, Baylor, 10-2 and two against Oklahoma State, number five in the country. Uh, according to ESPN's power index, Oklahoma State has a 63.7% advantage over Baylor. So that's what the computer says. They think Oklahoma State's going to win. And the line is 5.5 in favor of Oklahoma State. Tommy, do you take this or do you do something else with it? Hmm. You said the line is in favor of Oklahoma State, correct? Yes, the higher ranked team, number five. Yeah, I would take that line. If it's only you said it's only five and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely take that line. Nice, nice. Okay. You heard it for, from Tommy. It's going to be an entertaining game. It's going to be here in Arlington. I'll be sure to post pictures about it. Um, yeah, it's going to be very fun to watch, and probably the biggest matchup this weekend comes from Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, in the Mercedes Benz Stadium. It's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. One versus number three. Georgia has a seven-point advantage over Alabama, which is not a common sight. You don't see Alabama as an underdog often. Tommy, what are you doing in this one? Ooh, Georgia is... Expected to win by seven points. Yeah, yeah, or six point oh, five. Yeah, 6. yeah. 5. so seven, so seven. Oh my gosh, uh, that's a tough one, man. I I would stay. Uh, honestly, honestly, I might take Alabama plus the six and a half. Wow, um, that like if Alabama doesn't win, they come close. I would potentially so I would potentially do that one rather than Georgia having to win by a touchdown. But once again, uh, you know, I, I haven't been watching college football too much this season. I just know that both of these teams are really, really good. Um, but I know about Alabama's legacy. I've you know, I'm up to date with that at least. So I would yeah, I would take Alabama I would probably take Alabama plus six and a half points. Nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a fair assessment, even though Alabama's the underdog coming into this. It wouldn't be surprising if it went the other way because they definitely have the coaching experience in Nick Saban. So, yeah, fair assessment there. Uh, let's hop to the NBA real quick. Um, there are not a lot of big games going on this week from, uh, from our standpoint, but uh, there's one that kind of catches my eye. Could be fun. Dallas versus the Nets. This one will be interesting. Luka's having a good year. He had a clutch shot the other day, so he's looking pretty good. Uh, He's looking to make bigger strides in that. He wants to hit that MVP one day. And then, as we just talked about, Kevin Durant having a big year uh, as the Nets come to visit the Mavericks. Uh, Since there's no line on this one, Tommy and I will just give our predictions. Uh, Tommy. Uh, what are you thinking in this game? Ooh, uh, you know, I love my Mavs. I've been a big supporter of the Mavs all season. I would love to see the Mavs take the dub. Um, so I'm going Mavs. But uh, as far as betting goes, I just stay away, relax this weekend. We got Christmas coming up, so don't want to risk it too much, you know, and not have money for them those Christmas presents. So or hit a hit a big bet and be able to go out out for Christmas. I mean. High risk, high reward. But uh, I'd, as far as betting goes, I'd stay away. As far as my personal feeling on this game goes, I I, I love my Mavs, man. Luca's just such a dog. I love Luca Dodge so much, so I'm going Mavs. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to go with the Nets. They've been pretty great on the road this year. So Kevin Durant has been on fire as of late. And James Harden, like I know we talked some flack about him earlier, 
he's definitely been picking up the pace. So very exciting stuff there. And as we wrap up, we got one more game, Monday Night Football, NFL. Uh, It's the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo against the New England Patriots. New England's 8-4, and by the way. So they are well on their way to the playoffs. Very surprising there. Uh, Buffalo's got a 2.5 advantage. Tommy, who are you taking in this one? Oh, yeah, I would take the Buffalo by two and a, two and a half. Um, Buffalo hasn't been outstanding this NFL season, but I think they get the job done for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a fair. That's definitely a fair assessment, since especially since it's in Buffalo. This is a big rivalry, actually, between New England and Buffalo. So uh, expect the stakes to be really high, and they need to they need a bounce back game. They've been kind of cool. These past few games, so they need to get in it to win it. Uh, you know, these guys are divisional rivals, and both are trying to avoid getting that wild card because they would much rather have a home game in their home stadium come postseason. But that about does things here for us for hot this week for the sports section. Be looking for the. Uh, game predictions on our Instagram story. And I'm going to change it up a little bit. Let's not do a keyword. We're not going to do a keyword. We're going to do two things. All you have to do is like our post. So three things. <laughs> All you have to do is like our post, uh, repost it, and tag two friends. And that enters you into the sweepstakes. And all you have to do from there is just vote on who you think is going to win. That's it. That's all you got to do. Tommy, does that sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Heck yeah. Yeah, once again, $50, y'all, could be yours. You could go get your girlfriend a present or your kid a present. I don't know what our age dynamic here, here is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 50 bucks, man. Free 50 bucks just for picking and reposting, man. That's, that's a pretty good deal, if I don't say so myself. But that about does it here for us at hot this week thank you guys so much for tuning in we're very excited to get back into the groove of things with pop culture coming up on tuesday heck yeah thanks again for listening guys uh really good action-packed a lot going on in the sports world tonight um as always we've got some good stuff coming up for pop culture nothing huge this week no big movie uh no big movies are coming out this weekend, so we kind of have the weekend to relax, kind of go over some older films that we may have missed. Um, I'm going to try and watch The Humans, a 24 movie, and we'll go over some Spider-Man stuff as well because uh, there's a rumor going around that the press and critics are only going to be allowed to watch 40 minutes of Spider-Man. Um, wow. And their reviews, which... Is funny because I, I and I love this comment. It was the top comment on the post that I saw it. It was like, really, forty minutes to keep them from uh, not spoiling the worst kept secret in uh, cinema history, which I thought was pretty funny, because <laughs> um, it's like, considering that Andrew and Toby are in the movie, it was the worst kept secret. But regardless, that's pretty big. Why? Why? Why is Marvel doing that? Why are they only allowed to have forty minutes? So, but. This is for the pop culture episode, though, or that is for the pop culture episode. So we'll get into that on uh, on Wednesday. But uh, as always, guys, my name is Thomas Hicks. And I'm Brandon Matula. Matula. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.